Hot. Hot. I, we're not going to start on that. All right. Hi, <laughs> everybody. How we doing? How we doing? First of all, I just want to say, well, first of all, I'm Jake Landry. Nick Hoff here, baby. This is, this is Two Putts Pod. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening, giving us feedback. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're just we just appreciate you guys listening. So thank you to everyone out there. I guess Nick doesn't want to say thank you. So we'll just jump right into it then. Nick, Belichick out as the Patriots head coach. What are your thoughts just initially? What Did it shock you? It shocked me just because of his legacy, but... I mean, it's a what have you done for me now league. So, no, it didn't. I mean, they underperformed. Their defense was elite. Per usual, he developed good defenders. But, no, it was a bad year for them. They didn't even compete in a division that ended up being more open than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, it did. So, initial reaction, shocked because of the legacy. I'll say shocked. I'll say shocked because of the legacy. I don't want to waffle on my opinion on him. I, I pre- And me and the people, or I should say the people and I, appreciate the lack of waffling. I'll just say, um, you know, for those of us who are Patriots fans, you're a Packers fan, um, the writing's been on the wall all season. Ever since, you know, really that international game in Germany, I think really was, you know, obviously for Mac Jones, the end of his season. But also I think it was really the, the, the sign that it was time to move on from Bill Belichick. And so what I'm sort of surprised about is that they were able to come to a a peaceful resolution. And, you know, a lot of the talk about that is, is Robert Kraft has not made it into the hall of fame yet. And I think what he wanted out of all this was a a good picture and a good memory of him parting with Belichick. And, you know, when, if we go back to Brady, the whole narrative with Brady is Kraft let him leave because he had earned that. And now, even though Belichick was fired, the narrative is, well, Kraft, you know, let him make the choice, even though he fired him. Yeah, um, but which I is would pretty even amazing. say, I would even say, I mean, I'm going to say, like, if you go back to the last pod, I kind of, I kind of said he was going to get fired, but it's still shocking. So it like, is shocking. Don't is be shocking. calling me out because. I mean, there was some crazy stat, and I was going to look it up, but it's been a day today, folks. Yeah, it has. Um, I was going to look it up, but it's more than 200 coaches have coached the other 31 NFL teams since Belichick's reign. So just to see him go, he's been the coach of the Patriots forever since I've watched football. So it's shocking. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm going to say. Robert Kraft definitely saved his, saved his image on, he gave Belichick his flowers. He said he was the best coach to ever do it. No one's ever going to be able to do it again. And I think you're right. I think this was an optic move by by Robert Kraft. I don't think I don't think it was as amicable as some may report it. It was. And, I don't and I'll think just this- say Charlie Weiss, who used to be the offensive coordinator, said if they split, it is not going to be amicable. He said that on Tuesday, I believe. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think. <laughs> Again, when you get fired, it's not mutual. So when they say, you know, they came to a mutual agreement, I think it was more like we convinced Bill to chill out and be peaceful with our firing of him. Yeah, I mean, and let's be real. It's Bill Belichick. He's going to get opportunities elsewhere. So, well, let, let me ask you, we'll see. The word is Atlanta. What are your thoughts on that? 
Atlanta's interesting, man, but I really don't I don't think they're going to go to Atlanta. I think he's going to Los Angeles. I think he's going to be a Chargers head coach. Mm. I really do. Interesting. I mean, the Chargers have Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, like dudes that Bill Belichick likes to coach, and the offensive weapons are more established. Atlanta has B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts, who, wow, what an underutilized beast drake london but bill's a defensive guy and i i think he wants established if you look at his past as the gm of the patriots he would set he would trade draft picks for more established pieces so i think he wants to look at more like a more established offense do you get do you hear him saying yeah so well, i think I, yeah go ahead so i basically think here's the way i'm looking at it if bill belichick walks into a room and gets interviewed it's his job. It's Bill Belichick. Uh, yeah, I would I would largely agree with that. Even, even so, with everything that's happened. So he he is he is at his choice of who he wants to coach, and I think he wants established pieces and a defense that he sees potential in. And the Falcons' defense is good. Don't get it twisted. But Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack have been beasts forever. I'm just thinking about all the L.A. celebrities now are going to be, you know, going to the clubs and just see Bill Belichick with, you know, the cigar, you know, the women, you know, Bill Belichick out there just just swinging it. So I, I like it. You like Bill in L.A. I got to say, thinking about from that perspective, seeing Bill in Atlanta definitely doesn't feel uh, like a match necessarily. So um, we'll see. I have to be honest, and I don't think this is likely at all. I think this is this is just for fun. It'd be amazing to see him with the Jets. Oh, my gosh. If he went to the Jets, that would be incredible. Yo, can we talk about this? So, I don't know. For anyone who knows, Bill Belichick was the coach of the Jets for, what, a day? Uh, Yeah, Um, five minutes. Dude, the Patriots traded a first-round draft pick for Bill Belichick. That might be the fleece of the century. Mm. And And you know, if you listen to our first podcast, coaching is whatever. But, like, when you're as good as Bill... That 35% might be 42%. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, let, let's – I want to talk about another coach who you mentioned you wanted to talk about. And I wanted to talk about too, but I didn't think you would be interested. And that's Pete Carroll. So Pete Carroll, honestly, the last two seasons and beyond that, has had, I think, fairly successful seasons with the Seahawks with Geno Smith at quarterback. And from the sounds of it, he wanted to come back as coach, but basically the organization said, look, we're done with you. So, you know, we want to keep you in the organization and bounce you up, which is what's happened. He's now an advisor. But um, it sounds like you're, you feel a little like Pete Carroll's not been totally respected, especially with the way the season has ended and let's say the press that's been given to Belichick and, you know, Saban and all these other coaches, it feels like Pete Carroll, people are like, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if it does either. So I think it makes sense. I think if you look at where the league's heading, the young head coaches are what's in and it's a copycat league, whether no one wants to, whether you want to admit it or not. So I think, yeah, the firing of Pete Carroll makes sense. I know he didn't want to be an advisor, but that was a mutual agreement. Again, I don't think it was as amicable as the press's, saying but what do we know you know maybe they were best friends in the conversation i wouldn't like you said it getting fired or getting moved to a position that you don't want to go to is usually not something that's positive but here's my issue is 
Pete Carroll is not in is not that he's getting disrespected. He's not getting his flowers. Pete Carroll was a national championship in, champion coach in college. He was a Super Bowl winning coach in Seattle. And he, they won that Super Bowl, by the way, by like 40 points or something. They crushed he, Denver. He, exactly. He revolutionized the defense. That Le- Legend it, of Boom? The Legend Legion of Boom? Of Boom. Uh, Legion, Legion of Boom. Legion of Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who are going to go down in the history books with the 90, 85 Bears and the Steel Curtain Steelers. Like, he was that good. And people are like, well, he's not Belichick and Shaven because he doesn't have as many championships. Well, Saban, I'm pretty sure, cheated for most of his recruiting class. All hearsay. Nick Saban, if you listen, don't sue me, please. It's all alleged. Bill I, Belichick. That could be good press for us, but keep going. Bill Belichick happened to have somebody by the name of Thomas Edward Brady. Mm. Steve Carroll? Or not Steve, Steve Carroll. Steve Carroll. Yo, shout out my guy. Pete Carroll had Russell Wilson, who w- Wilson, who's now a hated man in Denver, benched for Jared Stidham because he de- wasn't playing up to his contract. And Geno Smith. And he's winning. They were a playoff contending team. Yay. I, it was look, the last I, game of the regular season where they, they I think, didn't they win? But because of other things that happened. Yeah. They, so yeah. it, it, it's shocking to me. i got to be honest. When I saw that Carol was fired, I'm like, what? That, that one was more shocking to me than Bill Belichick in actual, like, that makes sense to me. Bel, Bill Belichick's was a shock of, Oh my God! Like, what are the Patriots going to do? The, the, yeah, it's yeah. finally a big thing. It is wasn't over. Yeah. the oh, we got fired because we said it in the podcast no, last it, it week. Was, for Bill Belichick, even now, it's the end of an error, so you you have that feeling of loss and you know reflection, all that stuff. But with Pete Carroll, it truly was like this dude really didn't deserve this. But I'm telling you, it's a copycat league. I love uh, that Nick said you with one, a silent connection sign. That uh, oh yeah, uh, yo, yo, our yo, favorite yo. sign. I love that. The people can't <laughs> hear that on the pod though. It doesn't translate as well as you might think. Nick. Yo, but so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna move this to basketball. Talking about copycat league. Love so it. in the NFL, they're going to a young head coach. Okay. Well, in basketball, what is the league doing? Shooting, Shooting threes. threes up all the time. All right, nice, cool. Yeah, Everything. Yeah, yeah. We're on the same page. Silent connection again. Boom. Why are they doing that? Oh, because the Golden State Warriors were the best team in the world. Well, exactly. And, and everyone dynasty. wants to be Steph Curry. So, when you do something unorthodox, which no one's doing in the NFL, for instance, last year, the Timberwolves, they traded for Rudy Gobert. Well, why are you doing that? Two bigs, going to clog up the paint, do all this. Didn't work out, whatever. Now it's working out. But everyone was skeptical of it because it wasn't what was successful. If I were the Seahawks, and again, I'm not a GM. I'm not a head coach. I didn't know what was going on in there. And you know what? I'm really not even an expert in sports. I just like talking about them. But if I was the Seahawks, I would have kept Pete Carroll. The team seemed to vibe with him. They played hard. They worked hard. From what I saw, they were fun to watch. Like, DK Metcalf learning sign language was lit, talking trash. Like, he stands on business. But Pete Carroll just isn't getting the respect I think he deserves. And I do think he he is a tier below Belichick and Saban in terms of legacy and all of that. Uh, there's no doubt that he's not up there with the greatest greats, but he is up there as he's great. a fantastic head coach. Y- you would want him on your team. Exactly. So... 
It's just, I think it, it's unfortunate for Pete Carroll. I think he's going to kill it in an advising role. If I were him, I'd be petty, and I would just, I'd be like, nah, like, this is the guy, bro, and no, it, he's trash. Well, and I have to say that this is something Robert Kraft talked about because he was asked in his press conference about Belichick if something like this was considered, and he said, honestly, it just doesn't work in all the businesses that I run because it causes, you know, institutional confusion, this and that, and the other thing, and I have to say, you know, this is maybe even more credit to Pete Carroll he is flexible and he's able to be mature and handle this because let's be honest, Belichick could not handle something like this. Absolutely not. He, no. would, he would absolutely, like you're saying, he would go in there and tank and complain and he would he would make things harder from within. Dude, yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I mean, but, I, but we're petty. Me and you are both petty. I am. Natural. You know, and that's the thing. Steph Curry says King Petty. Call me the Duke Petty. You can give me my own little fiefdom, and I'll support the king. But I, I deserve some plot of land in a castle of yo, Petty, facts, right? Yo, in the kingdom facts. of Petty. I want to talk about the NBA. You you started that transition because I was able to tune into a couple of games this week. And since we've started the pod trying to be more informed and not just, you know, talk out of our, you know, whatever... And especially with the Celtics, I'm trying to be more understanding. They, you know, the, last night they got blown out completely terribly by Milwaukee. Doesn't count. Doesn't insane. count. Yeah, at second night of a back-to-back, we won't count it. But the night before they played the Timberwolves, I'm glad you brought them up too because that's that's a fun team right there. And I said this the other week that, the you know, the NBA is a great product right now. You can put on any game. It, it's, it's a good time. These blowouts have been pretty rare, even though last night there were a couple of blowouts. But... Jason Tatum scored 42, I think, and Jalen Brown was over 30. And I really, I think that, and it has come from me and others, that there's been this narrative of, well, they aren't ready. You know, when we go back to Golden State, when we go back to the bubble, when we talk about them losing to the Heat last year, well, it, you know, the Celtics are going to be successful when Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum are ready. But... When we were bowling last night, I had an epiphany. That whole narrative ignores what I think is the one factor going all the way back to the bubble and even before that, that was truly holding the Celtics back. And that is Marcus Smart. I think Marcus Smart, the whole, I, I, I truly feel, and, and Jalen and, and Jason, my apologies I lost my way. I'm back with you guys, and I give you a pass because let's be honest, Brick City, all the all the root of all the problems, the throwing the chairs in the dressing room, all that stuff was Marcus Smart. And listen, the Celtics have to prove it this year, but if they win this year, I am willing to go back to the history books and write off all of the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum weren't ready stuff. He's shaking his head and giving me a sarcastic look for all the people who can't see the visual here and say, it was Marcus Smart. He was toxic. He was poison. He was the problem. Go ahead, Nick. Tell me I'm wrong. You are. Please, please, please give me some evidence as to why I'm wrong. I'll tell you why, dude. Wait, did you hear that off- clank? That was the sound of Marcus Smart shooting a three somewhere. Okay, first off, I was going to get to that. Marcus Smart, very similar to Steph, dude. King Petty, dude. Like, if Steph Curry came and shot a three, you knew what Marcus Smart was coming down to do, dog. 
You knew it. He was chucking that thing for the logo. Annoyed me. Here's what I'm going to say before I get into my Marcus Smart protecting, because Marcus Smart is my king. I'm glad I don't have to pretend that Drew Holiday is worse than Marcus Smart anymore. I'm just going to say it. I'm glad I don't have to wait, be wait, like, so oh. You're, you're saying that Drew Holiday is worse than Marcus Smart? No, Drew Ho- I used to have to say that because Marcus Smart was on my team. So I we think agree Drew Hol- that Drew Holiday is better than Marcus Smart? Yeah. Okay, the whole okay, world sorry. agrees, except the except whoever has Marcus Smart on their this, team. This, that, that's, that's one of the putts moments of the putt pod because I had no clue what you were saying, but copy, no, keep it was going. like, whatever. Here's what I'm going to say. Marcus Smart was not the the guy on the team, right? We can agree on that. Yeah, we agree right? he was the problem, I think, is what we were saying, yeah. But, we, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, chill, bro. Cut that. Cut that. Nah. No, but we we can both agree he was not the guy. Like, we weren't going to go to him in crunch time, clutch time, whatever But he thought he was, but sure. Can Here's we agree that say. he, at least with his actions, just acted like he thought he was the guy yo here's what i'm gonna say was he out of pocket on the court sometimes yeah yeah but he was not dude jalen brown forgot forgot how to dribble with his left hand jason tatum against the warriors was exhausted he was tired he turned the ball over every play it felt like him and jalen brown marcus smart was one of our key role players but he's not the reason we lost, dude. We lost because our superstars didn't show up when they needed to. Yeah, and but I'll, I'll I'm, go on I'm that. telling you that the untold story, the 30 for 30 we haven't seen yet, that hasn't been made yet, that was because of Marcus Smart. But here, dude, so here's what I'm going to say. If you look at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, when they had Marcus Smart and Derek White wasn't as good as he was and they didn't have Chris Stops and all that, why Dude, did they... Derek White get to tap in that last second shot last year? Because Marcus because... Smart missed. <laughs> no, but this is what because the ball was in Marcus Smart's hands, and instead of thinking I got to get the ball to one of the superstars, he hucks up a shot that I mean, literally, it, watching him is like watching these comedy Instagram videos of people doing ridiculous stuff in sports. Look, here's here's what I'm gonna say. Marcus Smart was not the problem because he was a role player. You're not. He was a role player who thought he was a star. Okay, look, sometimes, but not all the times. When he was in his role, which was most of the time, and I'm going to stand by that, when he was in his role and knew what his role was and really, like, guiding that offense the way he knows how to, that, and it's, you're going to, ooh, you're going to outsmart me because you're intellectually higher than I am functioning-wise. Not socially, though. Not yet, not yeah. God bless, God bless. But no, what I'm saying is, we weren't ready as a team, and it wasn't because of Marcus Smart, but we weren't talented enough. Brogdon got hurt. Brogdon to me was more like more impactful than Marcus Smart. There were all these extenuating circumstances. First off, Steph Curry was basically Jesus in Nikes or in Under Armour that series. Yeah. First of all, but. Here's what I'm going to say, though. Did we improve as a team? Yes. So I'm not going to – I'm not – if we win the championship this year, I'm not going to say we like I'm on the team. If the Celtics win the championship – No, it's a we. I'm not we, gonna we bleed green, dude, whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah, we're, we're green teamers. We are. So – but 
if, and this is long-winded, but basically I'm not going to put it all on market smart. I'm going to say, yo, we surrounded our stars with a little bit of talent that lets us get over the hump, dude. I don't think, I, dude, I'm telling you, I don't think it was Marcus Smart. And if you went into Boston and TD Garden and said that, dude, you're coming out with no teeth. Yeah, but that's like, you know, we, everyone these days is on Instagram looking at all these things about how they feel like generally people are idiots. And then you say something like, well, if you go and talk to the people, they would say this. Well, don't we also out of the other side of our mouth get frustrated because we all think everyone's dumb? So all I'm saying is I'm just that's just my anthropological notice is like that just sounds like a convenient thing. Like, yeah, you're right. Everyone bleeds green and thought Marcus Smart was the heart and soul of the team, which is exactly what the problem was, because he thought so, too. That's the problem. Bro, we're not going to agree, but I'm going to I'm going to end it on this. Marcus Smart is my king. I would do anything for him. God, Did sometimes I want to punch him through the TV? Absolutely. Absolutely. So did you throw away your Marcus Smart stuffed animal when you when he got traded, or do you still sleep with that every night? I cuddle with it. It's actually Big Spoon. So. Wow, that's a big... That's like a fathead doll. Yeah. Um, well, all right, well, now I know um, But no, what dude, to get I'm going to say birthday. this, dude. The Grizzlies... Dude, they love him. Like Desmond Bain in the interview, he's like, yo, Marcus Smart came back with Ja. Like, no surprise we're winning again. Like, Marcus Smart's impactful. I, I, I can't agree with you. Sometimes he gets a little, like, OD with it. Uh, again, Jalen, Jason, if you win this year, I am willing to give you a pass for everything beforehand because of Marcus Smart. That's my history books will reflect that if they win this year. With what I, but here's my thing, and we'll, we'll end it on the Celtics because I know not everyone who listens to Celtics fan. The fact that if we win, and let's say we go on to win the next two out of three years or three out of four years, if Joe Mazzula gets a statue in Boston, you know that is just. Or if this guy ends up getting, he's not. Credit, we talked about. He's not getting a statue, dude. You I'm don't realize you how much you... Boston loves the statues, bro. I'm telling you that. This guy is a passenger, and he is going to be five, seven, ten years from now regarded as whatever if they win, where he's a flipping dingling dude. And yo, so, I'm gonna, uh, yo, we're gonna end it here. You know who they say it say who they said that about? Eric Spolstra. Yeah, I, just threw a I pen. knew you were gonna con- compare him to Eric Spolstra. Um, I'm not buying it. You're selling it. I'm not buying it. That reminds me of a certain someone trying to sell Hyundai. And I would say, I'm, I'm good on that. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Inside joke, everyone. But let's just, we'll leave it All there. All right. What's next? All what's right. next? I want, I want to segue to the NFL and I want to appease the people. So we're going to do a new segment called Pick'em Nick'em. It's not a team project. It's a Nick project. We're going to go through the wild card games. But before, before we do, and this is our first game. Let's talk about Joe Flacco a little bit and Cleveland. They're playing Houston at Houston. And uh, honestly, we're having conversations last night just for fun at bowling, talking about maybe the Browns could be making a Super Bowl run. So talk to me about Joe Flacco. Talk to me about this game. First off, DeMar Hamlin, I know you died on the field and you're going to win comeback player of the year and you deserve it. Joe Flacco, I wish you did this next year. Because comeback, he... Like, look, I'm no disrespect to DeMar, but here's what I'm going to say about Joe Flacco and the Browns. Is he a downgrade from Deshaun Watson? 
not the way that Deshaun Watson played this season. Probably. But I agree with you. This season, Joe Flacco's been an upgrade. Joe Flacco knows how to win. He did it with mediocre Baltimore teams. And this team looks a little bit like that Baltimore Super Bowl team. Elite defense. An elite, like a defensive player of the year candidate. And an offense that, disrespectfully, gets by. Mm. The only... Amari Cooper's kind of like Anquan Bolden. There's all these similarities. Here's what I like about Joe Flacco. He won't lose you the game. He might not win you the game, but he won't lose you the game. I also will say his demeanor doesn't change, and he's always confident, at least from... I mean, you saw the video of him sleeping on the sideline against the Jets. They were up big, but he was falling asleep. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. That's good Dude, stuff. Look it up. That's Funny. good stuff. Dude, and... I like Joe Flacco because he's elevated, and I can't believe I'm saying this, he's elevated an offense from Deshaun Watson who, to not elite, but they're going to put, they're going to give you 24, and that defense, if you, if that defense holds you to, like, dude, that defense is so good, bro, so good. Miles Garrett gets to the quarterback every, every play. But, dude. Can can C.J. Stroud unlock them, though? Can they? Can he unlock that defense and find here's a way what I'm to gonna get say. the Texans C- past them? Here's what I'm going to say, and this is where my pick is going to come in, sort of, and you're going to see who I pick. I see a lot of the, the experts picking Houston. And we got a couple first-half TDs. Of course rolling. we do. Of course we do. I think C.J. Stroud is young and inexperienced. And that's no disrespect to him. That's like, like he, he's a rookie. That's not. I was his gonna fault. say he's a rookie, isn't he? I mean, come on. So, but I'm also gonna say, I think experience matters, and we kind of talked about this in the pod. And Joe Flacco's won a Super Bowl on a good team. Obviously, if you win the Super Bowl, you're a good team. And he's comfortable. He knows his routine. He's doing this like C.J. Stroud. I know he was at Ohio State, which is a prolific school, but. <laughs> He might not have a consistent playoff routine. He might not know. He might change up. Like, the moment might get big. It's exciting. It's a first-year head coach with a first-year quarterback. Joe Flacco has just been so fun to watch this year mm. that I, I just want to ride that wave, dude. He's I feel been... like he's playing with house money, too. I mean, he's a backup. He was, you know, keeping in shape or whatever, but he was out of the league. He was done. And so... There must be a level of calm that comes with that because who expects you to really come in and do really well? And I think in all of his games, or at least the last games, obviously not the last game of the season where he sat, he's been throwing for like 350-plus yards. I mean, he's been playing ridiculous. You just said I want what I wanted to say and that my long-winded rant in a sentence. So I appreciate you. That's rare for me. Um, Yeah, dude, he's absolutely playing with house money. Like, dude... When are you the best? When there's no expectations. Like, if it was Deshaun Watson, he's got expectations. Yeah, the Browns should be good, dude. You're a $300 million quarterback. Joe Flacco's like, whatever, dude. I'm getting my playoff incentives. Let's go ball. Let's go play. I lose? Well, no one thought we were going to win. So, let's roll. Like, it's almost like that Eagles team with Nick Foles where the underdog mentality. We got nothing to lose. Let's just go out there and play. And don't they call him BDN? (laughs) Right? Yo, I feel facts. we got a little BDF going on right now, B- BDJ. <laughs> so if you don't know, look it up, guys. But uh, 
No, I, but seriously, I feel like uh, there's a factor of that. So I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to move along. So you're picking the Browns. You like the Browns here. I'm picking the Browns, which I think is a hot take. I got to tell you, I think this game might be the best matchup. I think this is going to be a, a 30 something to 30 something fight to the end. You know, who can possess it last big touchdowns you're i think we're i think you're gonna be see a real good one so saying that it's probably gonna be seven to ten and whatever but i i really think this is gonna be a pretty explosive game i would hit the over at whatever it's at the next one and i gotta be honest maybe we did the best game we're doing them in order but maybe we did the best game first um my uh sorry pittsburgh and buffalo pittsburgh and buffalo at buffalo I said to you last night, I like Najee Harris for a touchdown. The way you're talking, I don't even think you like Pittsburgh as a team for a touchdown, Nick. Buffalo's going to win the game. How, by how much, only God knows. But I think it's going to be more than three touchdowns. So you you think, you know, with all the struggles that Buffalo has had, you think they figured it out. And and even if they have it, Pittsburgh's not the team that's going to expose them. And, you know, you, you, there's no chance for that. No, there's too much uncertainty, like, with Pittsburgh. They don't even have a quarterback. Their wide receivers all hate their quarterback. Mason They're... Rudolph, though. BDM? No. No? All right. No. I Remember with the whole him. thing with him and, and Cincinnati? Miles hel- Garrett. Miles Garrett and the helmet coming off. And was was he getting hit with the helmet or he hit someone with, dude? That was crazy. That was like a random Thursday night. That was incredible. So anyway, okay, Bills, moving on. Wait, I, real quick. Oh, I yeah. don't want like an, I don't like a Najee Harris touchdown because they split the carries too much. If I'm going to go touchdown score in that one, Deontay Johnson would be my pick. Well, the big pick we had last night is the Buffalo defense for a touchdown. Is the in Buffalo that first half. Well, right, yeah, but if we're going to pad it for the people um, in general. But I agree. We did uh, we did like the first half Buffalo tutty. Um, Miami, Kansas City, it's going to be minus nine degrees. And so it will be a good game in that um, the weather will be a factor. And, you know, I, hopefully um, – well, I will say, like, I don't think we've had a lot of weather games this season. It's nice to to kind of have that, I think. I think that's a cool aspect of football is that, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on. They go and play the game. Um, to, again, we talked last week. Can Miami step up against Buffalo? Is this their chance to show they can handle it? They look terrible. Now they're playing Kansas City. Now Kansas City hasn't looked good this season. So I, I'm wondering what you think here. Here's going to be my answer, and I'm not going to give an answer, and I hope you guys can read through the lines. Miami players in Miami, Florida, going to Kansas City in sub-Arctic weather in snow. There's my pick. All right, Kansas City. I got you. And I do actually like Travis Kelsey uh, for kind of a celebrity touchdown we were talking about last night. So if you are uh, getting some tutties in, uh, we like Kelsey for even a first half or just for um, for good measure. Um, I don't know if this is an exciting game. You tell me, Nick. Green Bay and Dallas. Is it just going to be a Dallas um, rollover? I mean, is it is Dallas just going to run up the score and run away with it? Or can Green Bay keep it close? I mean, as a Packers fan, I want to say Green Bay is going to keep it close. I mean, Jordan Love's been balling, dude. My pick is the Cowboys. I want that on record. 
I will be ecstatic if the Packers win, obviously, but my pick is Dallas. Um, I I think it's going to be closer. Here, I have the spread up. Dallas is a touchdown favorite. I think it's going to be closer than a touchdown. Yeah, but I, I but at this point it's the playoffs. I want to know who's going to advance. You know, I, like I don't care about the who's going to cover. Like, can Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers no, find a I don't way to think win so. this game? No. There is no way. No. Okay, well there you go. All right, all right. Well, sorry, Green Bay fans and and Nicholas. What about the Rams and the Lions? Now this is a good game because Goff came from the Rams and Stafford came from the Lions. They made the trade. Uh, Stafford has since won a Super Bowl. The Rams kind of went in the tank after that. Uh, I think last year, for the last couple of years, I guess they've been so-so. This year, they have a rookie in Puka Nakua who has broken the... He's now the number one uh, rookie receiving yards in a rookie season, right? Yeah, broke the record receiving yards and receptions. Detroit... I'm just going to quickly, I know I'm not participating, but I want Detroit to win. I really want Detroit to win this game, but I don't know if they will. What do you think? I, as a Packers fan, again, like this is sacrilegious, but just with the storyline, dude, I want the Lions to win. I really don't think they will. I think the Rams are going to win the game. That's a shame. It's a shame because, and I know there's only a couple of players on Detroit, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, Montgomery, Gibbs, sure, Goff, too. It's not like I know the team or even the defense at all. But, you know, Dan Campbell has really turned into a great story in the NFL. He was a joke with the Dolphins. And even when he went to Detroit, it's like, LOL, good luck with that. And now I feel like he's captured our hearts in a lot of ways. And listen, Sean McVay. I mean, Sean McVay is probably the best coach in the league, Um, you know, pound for pound if you were going to start your team, a new team. You know, if you were, let's say, an expansion team, um, you'd probably want Sean McVay and he's, you know, he's not a bad guy in any way. So I don't, I don't want to knock him or anything. Um, but I gotta say, I I'm really, I'm team Dan Campbell. I'd love to see Detroit find a way to win this game. And as opposed to some of the other games, I think they can win. You know, I think this game will be close, but I will say this Dan Campbell's gotta be smart. Okay. If you get a two point conversion and it doesn't work and somehow there's a flag or something, Kick the effing field goal and let's just survive. Okay? Let's make some good decisions here. Be risky. Be ballsy. Fine. But be smart. Come on, dude. I think the Lions are the better team overall, pound for pound, as we like to say in the sports world. I think the Rams are just a little bit savvier. They got Stafford. I think Stafford's going to want to prove something. I know Goff's going to want to prove something, but Goff proved something compared to Stafford proving something. The world's going to take Stafford. Let me hit you with this, too. When Stafford wins the Super Bowl, you remember the story during the parade? I know. Okay. He's on a float, okay, with his wife. They're drinking, you know, having a good time, whatever. And there's a camera person, uh, and she's taking pictures. And obviously, she's not looking where she's walking. And she accidentally takes a step back and falls off the float. She probably falls like 10 to 15 to maybe even 20 feet. And his reaction was the quick turnaround, like, oh, I didn't see it. Like, oh, I'm not dealing with that right now. I'm trying to have a good time right now. And I got to say, ever since, like, those are the moments where you really show yourself, you know, in an emergency when something quick happens, like what type of person you are. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think Matthew Stafford looks like a total POS. 
And I truthfully, ever since then, just can't stand him. I want him to lose every game for the rest of his career. I think he's a total, you know, we're, we're the good type of putts. That dude is the worst type of putts. So, uh, you know, just again, for me, not only do I want Detroit to win, I want Matthew Stafford to lose. Can't stand him. So anyway, a little pop culture reference for you there. The last game is Philly and Tampa Bay. Is Philly going to find a way to lose this game to Tampa Bay? Dude, look at all the teams they've lost. You're sitting here acting like that's a joke. Look at their last six weeks. I, dude, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. How did how did the Patriots do last week when you uh, dismissed me out of hand when I said that I felt like the Jets might come in really wanting that win? You laughed at me in front of all the people then. Huh? How'd the Patriots do in that game, big guy? Big fella. Here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. I think the Bucks are going to win the game. There he is. That's my dude. There he is. I think they are. The Eagles are in a downslide. Jalen Hurts looks human. A.J. Brown's hurt. Devontae Smith, who knows? The Bucks are fully loaded, dude. They're healthy. And I think that makes a difference. I think if they're fully healthy, I think the Eagles win. And I don't know if A.J. Brown's going to play. I would assume because he's a dog. And he wants to. And he's a competitor. But I, something just looks at me at night and says, Nick, the Bucks are going to win. It's also the last game, and I believe it's on Monday. So Monday, 15. Yeah, so it will be kind of interesting with all the other games. I don't know if it affects the players. I'm sure it does on some level when you sort of know what's happened. I would imagine that as compared to the Browns at Houston, which is the first game, you have no idea that last game, your focus has to be impacted in some way. Even if that just means you have to work harder to focus, there has to be some impact there. Here's what I'm going to say, dude. I, I agree to an extent. I really do. I think if the, if the Browns and the Texans played the last game, I don't know if it would really matter. I think they think about it very... But I think they're both just happy yeah, to but, be there. Yeah, but but the th I, I'm with you there. But Philly, the intense. I that's what exactly. I'm going to say. That's uh, where I agree yep, with you. Yep. The Bucks, I also think are happy to be there. I think they like Baker to to me. No disrespect to Baker, um, but to me is like kind of like that middling quarterback where they're they want to go somewhere else, but they know they'll be com sort of competitive with him. So I think they're more happy to be there. I think they're surprised not as surprised as I was that they won the division. I really thought the Saints were going to win, but um, I definitely think they're also happy to be there, and I don't think they care who they're going to play next. But I definitely think the Eagles are going to go into this meeting like, yo, where where are the Eagles, dude? They, like, I, I feel like they might be a little tight booty. They might have a little tight booty syndrome. You think TBS. the butthole's going to be puckered? I, I'm just telling you, I think they might be, like Jalen Hurts might be sweet, like kind of like what we saw with Penix. I think in the semifinals, Penix was slinging the ball, feeling, you know, whatever. And then he got to that final with Michigan and he was squeezing the ball a little too tight, you know, and he was missing his throws. I think Jalen Hurts, who, let's be honest, is a little overrated as it is anyway. He might. I don't know. I mean, well, I, I'll be interested to I think we'll know in the in the first couple drives of Philly where Jalen Hurts is at. And if he isn't able to step up. Uh, I'm with you. I think we might see an upset there. Here's what I'm going to say, and this is not like 
groundbreaking. He's either going to play like an MVP or he's going to fall flat on his face. Wow. That was, uh, that was incredible. So he's either going to play well or he's going to play bad. That was incredible. That's pretty much what wow, I said. That but was groundbreaking. I love it, dude. Let me hit you with this because we're moving on to the, uh, the wind down period of the show. And so I got a non-sports related thing. And I got to say, I, I, we had so much this week. Like when we came in on Monday, we had five hours of things we wanted to talk about. And I think we've done a pretty good job, um, staying true to what we are and who we are, but there's so many other things that we wanted to talk about. And I had that this question came to me and, and for those of you who are maybe older than us, younger than us, the question is this. If someone came up to you who is your age within a year or whatever, and so they lived and grew up doing the same things that you do, okay? So they're not like, you know, they're they're not like the older brother or whatever who's going to, you know. I, I My point is they are average person but your age because I think a 55-year-old would have a different answer than we would, Nick. You know what I mean? And especially if someone our age approached them, you know, whatever. So it's someone who is familiar with the things that you are. But they were like a YouTuber. And they said, I'm going to give you a million dollars. You pick any competition you want. Throwing marbles in a jar. Who can stand on one leg the longest. A video game. A game of one-on-one basketball. Whatever it is. You get to pick the competition. If you beat me, you get the million dollars. My question, Nick, is what would you choose? And I'm happy to answer first if you want me to. Because I know I know you, ever since I sent you this earlier in the week, to give you some time Dude, to Dude, he sent me this on to, Monday I think it was or Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. Dude, and I sent him a fire thing, and I want to do that next week. I think we'll talk about what, what I kind of said. Yeah, you had some week. good – like I Cliff said, we had a lot of things that we wanted to touch on. Um, and it, it's fun like this. But, uh, dude, I thought long and hard. And I wanted to go kind of outside the box, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I settled on bowling. That's good. I'm a I'm a pretty good bowler. Um, tell I hold tell them your resume, sure. dude. Tell them your resume. Three, four, three hundreds. I mean, that's all I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, like, that's that that's what I wanted to. You I'm to daddy say. on the lanes, dude. They know who, when I walk in, they know who walks in. That's all I'm saying. So I, dude, it was bowling. I, I think I could beat an average twenty-six to twenty-nine year old in bowling. Nice. Pretty handily. Nice. Nice. So you'd get the million dollars through bowling. Mine, Super Smash Bros, dude. And if I'm being particular, Super Smash Bros Melee on the GameCube. With a GameCube controller. I really feel like you pull a hundred people and you bring them to me who say they know how to play Super Smash Bros. Melee on the GameCube. No one's no one's touching me in that game. No one's touching me on the game. One to one on Battlefield. No one's touching me on oh, that yo, game. Oh, yeah, you're legit. And you I play. mean no items. I'd prefer no items. If you want to throw items in, I'll, I'll still I'll still No, win. no items. If but we're going to do a one-on-one melee, no it's no items, dude. No items. Maybe beam sword if you want to, you know, do that. No, no beam no, sword. Listen. What character are you playing? What character are you playing? Here's the thing. You get to pick my character. How about that? Oh, dude, I'm, I'm yeah, smoking you. Yeah, dropped it on the table. Take a look at I'm it. I'm smoking what do you, think? you. I'm smoking you. Pick my dude, character. You're, Go hey, ahead. You better hope I don't show up for that million because I'm smoking Show up, you. dude. I'm not worried. I'm dude, telling dude, you. Dude, my boy taught me how to play. Dude, I'm making you play Bowser, and I'm going 
I'm going Fox. Yeah, but what's the the problem with that is that I would beat your boy. So if even if he taught you how to play, it's not going to make a difference. You, dude, no, bro, you wouldn't beat my boy. My boy was a problem, dude. And I'm a problem is what I'm trying to explain All to right. you. I'm what look, I'm trying to explain to you. Look, and I gotta say this, Noah. I know, I know, I know. You listen, dude. Don't take this disrespect, Noah. Noah, take it as disrespect. Love you, mean it. Appreciate you listening. Keep listening. Don't ever meet me where there's a GameCube and Super Smash Bros. Melee, all right? Because you ain't going to like what happens. Now, these new games with the ultimate thing and the ultimate ability, man, we don't swear on this pod, but forget that noise. Forget that. And, ugh, God, like, now I will say this. Super Smash Bros. 64, it, it it's almost, like, unplayable nowadays. Like, if, and if people are going to be like, this is sacrilegious, whatever, but great for its time. It's like playing in in freaking quicksand. It's so just slow and whatever. But Super Smash Bros. Melee on the GameCube, it never got better than that. And let me say this too. With the new game to unlock the characters, this is Ultimate now on the Switch, you just have to like go to the versus mode and it just gives you the characters for free basically. Like you, you have to play. It's almost like you have to play with your friends, but you can also just play the computer to unlock them. Back in the day, we had to work for our characters, man. We had to fight for those characters. Nowadays, they give them to you for free. And really, maybe this is just a larger conversation on how soft so many things are getting for this younger generation. Now, you said that you thought I might pick StarCraft. And I do want to say this. I did get a hanker, and I'm playing some Star. We got a three-day weekend, dude. I'm thinking tomorrow... My wife is working. I'm definitely putting some hours into StarCraft, but I don't feel confident I'd get the million dollars necessarily on, on StarCraft. But I do love that game. It's a fantastic game. Fantastic game. But Melee, dude, Noah, new friend, friend of the pod. Love you. You don't stand a chance, dude. Yo, if you made it this uh, far in the pod, dude, let's. Uh, we'll end it with this. Jake, how'd the chess tournament go? So before the wait, did we do it on the pod with the over under? Yep. Uh, you should have hit the under. Brooks, shout out to Brooks, uh, first grader. And when you're when you're an elementary school teacher, if you really pay attention, or maybe it's just an elementary schooler and an anthropologist, a sociologist, you really can like spot kids' ages right away. I saw this kid, and the minute I saw him, I said, six year old first grader. Uh oh. And I'm asking him, like, hey, is this your first tournament? No, this is my 10th. I started, you know, at the beginning of the school year. I'm like, uh-oh. And uh, shout out to Brooks. I, I ended up blundering my queen quite terribly towards the end. And I'll also throw this in. They were hour-long games. So I had an hour and he had an hour. When the game ended and I blundered my queen and resigned, I had seven minutes left on my clock. So I had spent basically an hour, 53 minutes, thinking about my moves, making a careful move, da-da-da. His clock was at 56 minutes. And part of that was because of one of the times he got up and walked away for a minute and let it just burn without thinking. So this first grader basically played immediately after I played and uh, when I analyzed it in, in the computer, there was never a point where I uh, was not losing the game. So uh, shout out to Brooks. He's going to have a great chess career in front of him. And uh, a great kid. He was really awesome. I, I once played a kid in my first tournament where he smashed the piece down and went, check me! Ah! You know, right in my face. And I, that was Patrick. 
I, I, yeah, I remember you, Patrick. You better, you know, that was northern New Hampshire. Stay up there because I'm down in Connecticut now, Patrick. You don't want to run into me now because you're at least 16, 17, 18 now. You don't want to run into me now. But Brooks, happy for Brooks. Very respectful. Six-year-old. Congratulations to Brooks. I should check if he won the tournament. He probably did pretty well. Uh, dude. We're just going to let yo, my shame just, just, we'll just leave it out. No, nah, yo, bro, when you hit me with, you, sh all he texted yeah. me, guys, all he texted me was, should have hit the under. Hit the That's under. all I got. I tried to tell you. That's all I got. I tried to tell you guys. No, but I'll, I'll be honest. It was cool. It was a Boston tournament. Obviously, that snowstorm was going on. There were 340 boards. So that's like 600 people, almost 700 in the tournament. And uh, it's, it's a cool experience, guys. If you are ever interested in chess and uh, getting down, I will tell you that there was years ago when I played a five-hour game, I felt my brain chemistry change. Like when you focus for that long and, you know, you're sitting really being that intentional and, you know, calculating, it, it's good for the brain and it can be therapeutic too. I will say, you know, and you know this, Nick, from bowling, I am the guy who clanks his free throws when it matters most and even when it doesn't matter. I am a mental, uh, you know, case uh, when it comes to competition. And it that every time I think maybe I've turned a new leaf, Nick, I meet a six-year-old Brooks and I uh, learn that it hasn't changed at all. So there you go. Well, dude, that's – I mean, so me and Jake ran a chess club. We'll end it with this. This will be the last thing we talk about. We ran a chess club and – Jake's the chess guy. I kind of just was there to tag along, kind of be a management guy. And uh, I'm, like, learning. So I, I I take the kids who don't really know how to move the pieces. Well, they end up knowing how to move the pieces. So I ended up just playing some kids. Fourth grader. Not going to say names. Fourth grader. Beats me in five moves. And I said, I go, yo, how'd you do that? And he goes, looks me in the eyes. And I'm not kidding you. Looks me in the eyes. He goes, it's called an opening, bro. That, uh, yeah, go, go, go. I can't look at that kid when I see him. He got because... he got out of the car today at drop off. I said, "Hey, go say to Mr. Huff, it's called an opening, bro." And he didn't do it. I wish he had. You know what he said instead? You know what he said instead? He said, "What he told me to say is too mean to you." <laughs> that's like, that's even better. That's even better. Shout out. All right. Well, yo, I hope everyone enjoys their long weekend, bro. Just, Thanks for listening. Yeah, I just want to say thank you. I to remember everyone again. two putts pod, Instagram, Twitter, or X. Yeah, we TikTok's we, coming, YouTube's coming. We just paid for a subscription for a video uh, system. We tried to do it today, but we got to troubleshoot it. So I'm gonna do that over the weekend, and hopefully next week we'll give you some some video and some highlights and things like that. So anyway, appreciate you all. Be safe this weekend, and uh, enjoy your Martin Luther King Day weekend, everybody. Yo, peace out, one love, baby. Bye.